So prayer changes things. Prayer can change your life, your marriage, your family, your business, your dreams. Prayer can dispel darkness. Prayer can turn things around. And prayer can open doors that have been shut. We serve a God who hears our prayers and answers our prayers. And we have been given the awesome privilege to connect with Almighty God, who is a prayer answer in God. You can approach Him in prayer. You can come boldly to Him in prayer. You have access to the throne of grace. As a matter of fact, you and I have been invited. And prayer is not difficult. It's not complex. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is communing with God. Keep your prayer life simple. Don't make your prayer life so burdensome or complex that you get frustrated and give up on it. You see, the enemy of our soul wants to make prayer cumbersome. But prayer is easy. You see, when we make prayer too complex, it leads to prayerlessness. And God has a reciprocal response when you ask Him. God has a reciprocal response when you call on Him. In Jeremiah 33 and verse 3, He invites us to call unto me, and I'm going to answer you, and I'm going to show you great and mighty things which you do not know. The Amplified says, call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things fenced in and hidden, which you did not know, you did not distinguish or recognize or have knowledge and understand. He said, Call to me, I will answer you, and I will show you what you need to see. There is the awesome privilege of being able to see what God is saying to us in prayer. Folks, if you can see it, you can do it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can see it, you can give it. If you can see yourself with the thing that you called unto the Lord about, if you can see it, you can have it. For in the presence of the Lord, our sight becomes clear. In the presence of God, when our prayers are based on the Word of God, And inspired by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of seeing, the Spirit of hearing, and the Spirit of knowing becomes very, very clear to us. It is of utmost importance that you and I have clarity when we pray. When we call, He answers. But part of His answering is He shows us things. He gives us vision. He gives us sight to where we can see ourselves with the thing that we have requested of God. Look at your neighbor and say, if I can see it, I can have it. 
What it is, it's like a, a window of light. You know, Jesus was absolutely the greatest person to ever walk this earth. His preaching, his teaching was like no other. People stood in amazement and they stood in astonishment at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. And where did he get those words? He said, it's the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Jesus did not get his words by reading a book. He did not get his words by going to a seminar or a conference. He got his words straight from the throne of God. Oh, hallelujah. Luke 11, in verse 1. And it came to pass that as he was, what was he doing? Praying. He was praying in a certain place. When he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to preach. Lord, please teach me how to teach. No, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. They watched Jesus go from place of prayer to place of prayer. And then when he went from that place of prayer, he acted out what he saw in prayer. He acted out that leper being cleansed. He acted out Lazarus being raised from the dead. He acted out the feeding of the multitude. Why? Because he was in constant communion with the Father, and the Father began to give him sight and show him what to do. And you know what? He's no respecter of persons. Jesus modeled prayer. In Luke 18 and verse 1, in the Amplified Version, it says this, Also Jesus told them in a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward, not to turn faint. Prayerlessness leads to being filled with fear. A prayerless person oftentimes is a fearful person because they've lost contact with headquarters. And when we lose contact with headquarters, when we're not abiding in the vine, the enemy will come in to bring all sorts of problems in our souls. And so Jesus said that men and women ought always to pray and not turn yeller. (laughs) Not to give up. Not to quit. This word is strong in my spirit this morning. Don't give up. Build yourself up. Don't give up on that child. Don't give up on that job. Don't give up on that windfall. Don't give up. Build yourself up. The greatest way that I know how to build myself up, two ways. I build myself up in prayer. The scripture says that when we pray with the help of the Holy Spirit, we edify ourselves. 
That is, we charge our inner man up, just like you would charge the battery of an automobile up on a 40 minus degree weather in Minnesota. There's a charging, there's a building, there's an edifying. But you, beloved, heart of the bay, build yourselves up. Don't you dare give up. On your most holy faith. Rise like an edifice. Higher and higher. Make progress by praying with the help of the Holy Spirit. Whoo, hallelujah. The other way that we build ourselves up is we look in the book of Acts where Paul told them when he was ready to leave them, he says, I commend you to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. How many of you know God's word will build you up? Healing scriptures will build you up. I commend you to the word of his grace. Hallelujah. And then he went on to say, which is able to build you up. And not only able to build you up, but to give you something. What does the Word do when you submit yourself to the Word? The Word builds you up and it gives you an inheritance. That word give there means that when you're in the Word, He'll begin to show you what has already belonged to you for decades and centuries and centuries. It is not a matter of us obtaining an inheritance. He obtained an inheritance for us. But when the Spirit gets involved in our word time, He begins to give us, to show us, and open the eyes of our heart so that we can see this glorious inheritance that belongs to us. Come on, are you getting it? Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. So spend more time building yourself up. Spend more time in my word and spend more time praying up. For it is those that are built up that will not give up. It is those that keep themselves built up that will not turn back and become faint-hearted and lose courage. Look at your neighbor and say, don't give up. Build yourself. Build yourself up. Mm. I'm going to see a victory. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to see a victory. All I see is victory. Hallelujah. The enemy will try to get us to see something else. The enemy will paint a picture of defeat. But we must not be overcome 
with those images. We overcome those images with the good word of God. I've learned over a process of time. I didn't learn this overnight. And I'm still growing and I'm still learning. But I have learned how to change what I see on the outside. I've learned that. And I've discovered this. That if I'm going to change what I see on the outside, I must first change what I see on the inside. And the entrance of his word giveth light. It dispels darkness. It removes what we can't see and enables us to see. And when we see down here, we can see the things change out here. Hallelujah. He told us in 2 Corinthians 4.18, he says, while we look not at the things which are seen, what we can see out here, but at the things which are unseen, those eternal things based on the word of God right here. So don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen out here, they're subject to change. I'm telling you, what you're going through can change in a second. We serve a good God. We serve a God of the turnaround. Woo! But we'll never change what we see out here if all we're seeing down here is television. We'll never change what we see out here if all we see down here is what people say about us. I know I'm preaching good right now. Hallelujah. Look at your name and say, don't look. Don't look at the outside. Hallelujah. So, here's the thought. Don't give up. Build yourself up. Has anybody ever been tempted to give up? Raise both hands. I'll raise mine. Now the next question is, are you glad you didn't give up? Raise your hands. Now are you glad you're going up? From glory to glory. Victory to victory. Come on, somebody shout in the house today. Woo, glory. God's not finished with us yet. He's not finished with us yet. He's not finished with you individually. He's not finished with this church. He's begun a good work in us. And we're allowing Him to do it. And the more we progress in Christ and in God, the more we see. And the more we see, the more we'll be able to do. The more we see, the more we'll be able to act on. If we can see ourselves reaching more nations, we can reach more nations. If we can see the glory manifested in our church services, where Pastor Tom and I get so drunk and you get so drunk in the Holy Ghost, you can't even hardly walk. But in the midst of that glory... He said, if you would believe, you would see the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Whatever he shows you, you can have faith for. 
whatever he shows you in a time of prayer, you can have faith for. Because it's true. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. When we get a revelation, we can have faith for it. And when we exercise faith for it and act on that, he will take us on to even greater faith and greater revelation. Revelation makes it possible for you to have faith for what's been revealed. But not only that, if you'll get in faith, he'll give you revelation. Say it me, the righteousness of God is being revealed in my life. So don't give up. I want us to say that real strong. Don't give up. Build yourself up. Now here's what I got in my spirit. Built up people will build others up. Visionaries, those who see, will be able to impart what they see and impart vision to others and encourage them to see for themselves. But built up people will build others up. Built up parents will build their children up. Built up wives will build their husbands up. And by the way, husbands, Valentine's Day, Friday. Right? Not one of the, oh, honey, I forgot. Oh, that's a, that, that's a no, no. Going to be a cold bedroom. I'll just tell you that right now. <laughs> Built up husbands build their wives up. Built up employers build their employees up. Built up employees build their coworkers up. Oh, that the body of Christ would build themselves up and go be builders and blessings and world changers. Amen. Amen. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and we'll look at verse 17. This is one of the easiest verses to remember in the Bible. Next to Jesus wept. Your memory verse for the day today class is Jesus wept. Look at this. Three words. Ready, read. Pray without ceasing. Obviously, we don't pray every breath we breathe. We don't pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Part of the time we're sleeping, we're eating, we're working. What this is talking about It's talking about prayer and communion with God as a way of life. Prayer is a lifestyle, just like faith is a way of life. You can do this. George Muller said this. He says, I live in the spirit of prayer. Prayer was never meant to be ritualistic. Prayer was meant to be out of presence and communion and life in your prayer. I live in the spirit of prayer. He said, as I, pr- I pray as I walk about, when I lie down and when I rise up. And he said, and the answers are always coming. 
The answers are always coming. Smith Wigglesworth said it this way. Now, I never pray 20 minutes at a time, but I never go 20 minutes without praying. Hallelujah. Look at Mark uh, chapter 1, verse 35. And in the morning, everyone say, in the morning. So I'm three hours ahead of you. It's three o'clock in Florida already. I've already had lunch and been to my nap. In the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into what kind of a place? And what did he do there in that solitude place? How many of you know that morning is God's opportune time before our heads kick in? Notice with me now, he went out. In other words, he departed from the place he was because of the potential of distractions. People could distract him. Other things could have distracted him. He went to a solitary place. And so what I'm encouraging you in today is this. Find a place where you can get quiet. Find a place where you can get quiet, where there's no distractions. Somebody says, well, I have, you know, a two-bedroom house with eight people living in it. Do you have a closet? Do you have a car? Whatever you need to do to shut down the distractions and get quiet, do it. And I'll tell you, one of the worst enemies to getting quiet is some of our smartphones, some of our Facebook activity, Instagram, and whatever kind of, ever kind of ground. I mean, it's just out there all the time. Oh, so-and-so just had a shake over at In-N-Out. Wow. Oh, hallelujah. I just took a selfie with Clem Cadettle Hopper. We live in a selfie world. It's all about self. It's all about me. It's all about me, myself, and I. Excuse me, Lord, I, I just got a text coming in. You're late on your PG&E bill. What's that, Lord? No, seriously. I can remember Brenda and I being in Samoa years ago. Over in West Samoa. At Rama teaching. And one of the things that I noticed there, because there was no ability to text. There was no ability to get on Facebook. There were no emails. There were no phones. There was no pastor. What about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? What are we going to do here? What are we going to do? Nothing like that. And all of a sudden, it just got so quiet. To where it was solitude. And it was like, Holy Spirit, you're real. You're here. You're showing me things to speak on. Things that I've been after in prayer for months, all of a sudden I know because it was a time apart 
with him. And I sense the Holy Spirit is saying, come apart with me. You can do this. You can put your phone away. You can put your iPad away. You can turn the television off. One time the Lord spoke to me. I'll be real honest about it. He says, you're wasting too much time watching TV. When you could be talking to me. That was an ouch. But you know, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. There are some things that God wants us to enter into that we will never enter into unless we apply our heart unto understanding. There are some things in the wisdom of God that he desires to impart unto us and to make known unto us that we'll miss if we allow ourselves to be too busy. Just got quiet here. Everybody okay? Would you like to stop right now? Okay. Everybody smile at the pastor. (laughs) Here it is, guys. If he needed to pray, we need to pray. If we really, come on, let's be honest about it. If we really want the results that he got, we need to do what he did. We can pray like Jesus did. We can get direction from the head of the church. Turn me to Luke chapter 6 and verse 12. And it came to pass in those days... Then he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. It is worth praying, if necessary, all night, or if not all night, for an extended period of time for important decisions. And here's what I have found out. Important decisions, the answers, does not always come immediately. He says, ask and it shall be given. Come on, seek and you will find. God's not on a clock. We must not be on a clock when it comes to hearing important decisions that are vital in our lives. See, he set the example. He went the extra mile in prayer. It's in verse 13, it says, And when it was day, everyone say it was day. He called unto him his disciples. And then he chose twelve, whom he also named the apostles. Why did he need to spend that much time in prayer? Because of where he was, living in a fallen world. The enemy will try to blind, he will try to hinder. I got a word from heaven today. Don't quit until you get clear. Was it important for Jesus to get 12 out of the 12 right? It's absolutely vital. This is big. This is huge. Jesus knew what? And he knew who? How did he know? He saw it in prayer. How can you know? You can see it in prayer. You can see it in a time of fellowship. Look with me 
to John 5, verse 19. You guys are listening so good today. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm praying that the eyes of our hearts be enlightened. Flooded with light. Notice this. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily. When you get a verily, verily, you better listen. You know, one day he said, Martha, Martha, you are troubled about many things. Notice this. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he does, these also he does the Son likewise. Jesus never did anything apart from his Father's vision. And to get his Father's vision, he had to tap into his Father's presence. And when the presence became very, very real, his sight became very clear. Hallelujah. You know, we must not pretend we've heard from God. There's too much of that in the body of Christ. Well, you know, the Lord said this. And then two months later, the Lord said something else. And then after that didn't work out, the Lord's over here doing something else. The Lord's not schizophrenic. He's not changing his mind as much as men are. He said, I am the Lord. I am the Lord and what? I do not change. Pretension and pretending to have heard from God and try to, trying to activate and act out something that we thought in pretension and presumption leads to failure. I want, I want you, you got your ears on today. Listen very carefully. There is no such thing as a faith failure. Because if you truly hear from His Word and you truly hear from His Spirit, then and then only will you have faith to do what you've been instructed to do. So the failure is not on the faith part. The failure is on our part. And if I've seen it once, I've seen it thousands of times. Where people with good intentions get into their prayer closet and say a few words in tongues and say, oh, I got it, that's it, let's go. And they go without the unction and without the anointing and they fall flat on their face. Lord, let not that happen to us. We don't want to be in pride. We don't want to lift up ourselves. But Lord, let us be sure-footed. Can you hear me? Jesus' earthly ministry, it was run on revelation. He said, I see what my Father does, and I do what I see. Hey, i got a question for you today. How much can you and I do without His help? Some of you didn't answer. You're thinking about it. Una mas, una mas, por favor. Hey, that was pretty good. Hallelujah. I am going to have Mexican food later, so I'm, I'm ready. Hallelujah. I'll take two tortillas. 
tortilla, tortillas, no tortillas, all right. Anyway, burritos, amen. How much? How much can we do without his help? Nothing. That's why he gave you and I the helper. And he's helping us more than we realize. In John 16, 13, it says here, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all the truth. He shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that will he what? And he will show you. See, whatever he is speaking are words. And words paint pictures. And whatever he speaks to us paints a picture and he shows us what to do, where to go, and what's to come. Pray this with me. Holy Spirit. Lead me, guide me into all the truth. What I don't see, help me to see. What I haven't heard, help me, Holy Spirit, to hear. Glory. There are some things that I absolutely know that I know that I know is the will of God because he's shown it to me. And because he showed it to me, I see it here. See, God wants us to see supernaturally. When the eyes of our heart are open, we can see and we can do the will of God. What is this? This is revelation knowledge. And revelation knowledge is knowledge that is revealed to our spirit by the Holy Spirit. Say with me, revelation Revelation. enables me to see what God sees. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can see it, you can do it. If you can see yourself giving that amount, you can do it. How about this one? If you can see yourself receiving that amount, you can receive it. If you can see your loved ones in heaven when you get there, you can have it. Hallelujah. So the question I have for you is, what are you seeing? What are you looking at every day of your life? What is your vision? What are you seeing? What are you saying? What are you declaring? God wants us to live above this world system. Being tied to this world system is a is a is being tethered to defeat. And you just go out in the world for a while and just hang around. Just go watch people. Listen to what they say. Listen to, watch how they act. They're living beneath where they should be beneath. God has raised us up. I said he's raised us up. And he made us sit together in heavenly places. And in heavenly places we can see things from his perspective. So we're not necessarily looking up, we're looking down. Hallelujah. 
Not looking down on people. But we're looking from that, like Pastor Tom sang so wonderfully today in the group, we're looking at life through the place of victory. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Revelation changes our perspective. The view is so different when we see things from his perspective. Focused and clear. There's a mega church down in San Luis Obispo and Mike Sparrow was sharing a little bit about it. And it seemed like the church just, I mean, exploded overnight. And a lot of the people left from other churches and they have good spirit about it and they say, praise the Lord, you know. And Mike talked to the pastor and he said, Pastor, he says, how are you handling all this growth? Because there's young people, there's a lot of people there and people that need to grow and need to be developed in ministry and need to come up. He says, how are you handling it? And the pastor said something that was worth gold. He said, I'm handling it through clarity. He says, every decision we make, everything that we do, we have clarity on. In other words, we see what he has said. And we're implementing the vision according to the blueprint of what the Father has said. How do you do it? You do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. So it would be better not to launch out until you're clear. It'd be better not to move from the San Francisco Bay Area to another city without a church unless you're clear. It would be much better if you checked out that there was a church in that area so that when you got to that area, you went to church and you didn't backslide like a lot of Christians do. Oh, I feel a dance coming on. (laughs) It'd be much better to know that you're to marry that person than to go and marry the person in a hurry. Don't go till you know. Focused. Be clear. Let's have clarity up in here. We don't want to just do a bunch of stuff to log time. We want the will of God. Thy will be done. In my life, every area of my life, I invite you, Holy Spirit, to invade every portion of my being. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. Eyes focused and clear. Put your hand over your heart and say this with me. My eyes, may they be focused and clear. So that I can see exactly what God is calling me to do. Now, why do so many people not know? Because they're not praying. It's worth praying. Shahaya. Anybody got the interpretation of that? Let there be light. We don't have to be oblivious. You and I, we can know whether to go or not go. 
We can know whether to sell the house or not sell the house. We can know to have this procedure or not have the procedure. We can know to move or not move. How do we know? You have an unction. You have an anointing. From the Holy One. And you know, you just know that you know that you know because the Holy Ghost gives you the knowing on the inside. The Holy Ghost, He's a genius. And if you listen to Him, He'll make you look smart. You got a genius, you got a guide on the inside. Things that matter in our life, we need to be clear on, we need to be precise. Not like that advertisement where the doctor comes in who lost his license and just got it back and said, what are we doing in here today? What are we taking out today? I don't know whether I can do it or not, but we'll give it our best shot. Just okay is not okay. Folks, if it's not quite, it's not right. And if it's not right... We have no business living in the land of quite. Ha, ha, ha. Details matter. Pastor Tom, make your way up. Singers, make your way up. Everyone say it with me. Details matter. Precision matters. The when, the where, the with who, the timing matters. So I encourage you today, please process the plan of God for your life in prayer. Your future is paved in prayer. Prayer enters your future and prepares you. Prayer makes you road ready. It equips you for your future. How many of you know God will go ahead of us if we ask Him? Amen. Prayer ultimately causes His will to be done and your future perfected. Develop a lifestyle of prayer. Who'll go up higher with me? Who'll go up higher with me? I need to go up higher. I got both hands up. Who'll go up higher in prayer? Who'll go up higher in prayer in their own life? Who'll go up higher in prayer for the church? Amen. We're going up. Ray, we're going up. We're going up. We're moving on up. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put your hand over your heart. Pastor Tom's going to lead us in a moment. We're going to have received communion. The key is willingness. Are you willing to be willing? I know Pastor Tom preached a little bit about that recently. But pray this with me. Lord God, in this time of communion, I examine my own heart. I know this is a time of celebration, but it's also a time of commitments. So I commit to you, Lord, not to give up, but to build up, not to draw back, but to move on and to move up in prayer, in my own walk and in prayer for this church. Be it unto me, Lord according to your word. I'll not be like the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, coasting and sleeping at a very critical time. Though my flesh may be weak, 
I declare my spirit is willing. And I've got the answer to a weak flesh. So therefore I'll stir myself up. I'll gird up the loins of my mind. For purposeful, powerful prayer. Will pave the way. For the impossible. To become so very possible. In Jesus name.